So, welcome to episode 20 of Two Girls, a Guy, and a TARDIS. Which Today, a girl, a guy, and a TARDIS. A girl, a guy, and a TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> Joanna couldn't make it tonight, so um, we've been gone way too long, and there's uh, definitely <laughs> some big news going on. There's some big local news going on for Chicago TARDIS also, and... Um, we do want to talk about the original Doctors before the special airs. <laughs> we're running out of time, so we might have to do an extended episode one day. But uh, So we're going to talk about the third and fourth Doctor today also. Uh, first up, big news in the Doctor Who community, which I'm sure most of you have heard of, but you know, with real life and jobs, we <laughs> couldn't really get a podcast done quickly about it. But uh, Nicole it's only knows a more of the details. Days late. Yes, and I'm sure there's people that don't know all the details. So, uh, Nicole, go, go, tell us what they found. Well, on, was it Thursday, I think, they announced? I lose track of the days now. <laughs> that they found That's a side more, effect of time travel. Yeah. Well, you know, one minute, you're in the future. Pa- I, the present's hard to keep track of. But they just announced that they found two more Patrick Troughton stories. Almost two complete stories. The whole enemy of the world, which gives you double Troughton, because he's... The bad guy and the doctor. And nice. the web of fear, the return of the great intelligence and the yetis, which is still missing episode three, I think. Okay, yes, the web of fear, yeti, so, great intelligence. So how many episodes are they still missing of it? One. Well, that's not bad. They, they had they one could, before. They could do an animated recreation Yeah, or and I think, I want to say it's episode three is still missing, but they have the other five. That's and pretty pretty good, though. Enemy of the world, all six. Wow. After you know, only having one before. It, it's funny, because there's a guy, and I can't think of his name right now, that is kind of... He's real big into rumors and rumor-mongering and stuff, and the problem is he his information usually turns out to be pretty accurate. And a lot of the Doctor Who people hate him, and a lot of them love him. And I can't think of the guy's name for the life of me right now. And since I'm a guy that likes spoilers about stuff, kind of like our one guest, <laughs> Sarah... Uh, I don't mind the guy so much, but he had said that they had found episodes somewhere and no one believed it. You know, I mean, this, this, this Finding Lost Doctor Who episodes has been now going on now for at least 20 years. I mean, I remember back when it was off the air, people were like, ooh, I found, you know. Oh, but the rumors got, like, spectacular. It was like all 106 yeah, missing yeah. episodes they have were, been they, found. They got way out of 90 episodes have been found. I believe, I believe there's 97 missing. Yeah, now there's 97. So it's under 100. So, so it did get, I mean, it does get blown out of proportion to a point. The BBC for years has said there are no more. And now the BBC mm-hmm. is saying, here. So, you know, much like the doctor, the BBC possibly doesn't know or lies, you know. And I, I could see, if it not lying necessarily, but saying they don't exist. Well, I guess it would still be lying. Because <laughs> it's the 50th and you want it to be a surprise. You know, I, I can understand that. Oh, there's still rumors out there. I was just seeing, even now, there's people like, there's more episodes. They just aren't telling us. Well, or, I mean, there very well could be. There's, I think the current rumor was that there's, like, severely damaged episodes that were recovered. So they need major restoration. And I'm like, be nice if there were more. But I, I could see that, you know. I, I could see that being very believable because... They've just been sitting on a shelf in an African properly. country for Yeah, I mean, they're magnetic. I mean, it's, magne- it's, magne- it's magnetic tape, you know, and it, it it 
degrades after a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, especially if it's not put in the proper storage and stuff. So, but it very well could, there very well could be more out there. I mean, you never know. Oh, yeah, and the, the mm. one of the documentaries, on, I think it was the Lost in Time DVD, they were talking and, like, all the people are going, like, I think we have recovered all the episodes. There are always going to be, you know, at that point, I think it was, like, a hundred and eight missing episodes are always going to be this many missing and then it's mm-hmm. like and then they found the galaxy four and the yeah, underwater yeah. menace and i'm like so but you see where they find them from sometimes and it's like how could you ever say they are like not in out Guam. there <laughs> or they, they're in, found in nigeria where one, i think these came from was nigeria yeah, these were nigeria there there was one i can't remember which story it was i should remember but they like found it in the basement of a mormon church yeah i mean in like the 90 like or the and, 80s, and, you know, I'm like, a Mormon tr- What was, what were they doing? Nobody knows why they were there, so. A youth group may have been watching they, them. They could turn up anywhere, the I way mean, I see it. Yeah, you just don't know. And to say that we were positive, I mean, at some point, you're going to get to a finite number that, yes, you're not going to, you probably are not going to find the f- very last ones. But there's billions of people on this planet, and back then there were probably close there's probably still a billion i would think i don't know the exact number in the 60s but some i mean there were always audio files there were always video files there were always people that were gonna you know somebody probably has more it could very well be somebody that worked for the bbc has them or somebody that worked at a tv studio you know really liked the show and was like i can't see these i don't want these to be deleted and smuggle them out i mean that's how these things turn up you you hear about people that just like collect these old film tins. And, and, and they don't yeah. know what they have. They just went, oh, I'll un, buy un, this. Unlabeled video. And it's there are people that have reels of unlabeled footage from they don't even know what. So, mm. But it is amazing when you think about that they recovered, what is it, nine episodes that no one had seen. In like the last 25 years, they recovered eight. Yeah. So, like, in one day, they announced more. But oh. still, it was a bit of a letdown after you hear, like, 90, well, yeah, dozens. You, You're still kind of hoping, like, maybe well, there's... Well, dozens, saying dozens wasn't far off. I mean, you know, a, do- a dozen anyway. But, oh, like you said, they may be holding on to more. The BBC lies. <laughs> Just like the doctor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, that's in- it's great, though, you know? I mean... And I'm assuming, I, I know for a fact those have Jamie in them, and Jamie... Yes, and Victoria. You know, the, the longest-running Doctor Who companion, consistently, who has no episodes available. So, I think it's great, you know. And Deborah Watling's father is in the web of fear. Her real-life father. Huh. Very cool. Very so, cool. So that... I wonder if Stephen Moffat ever... It is interesting that they recovered one featuring the Great Intelligence. And he featured the Great Intelligence prominently this season. Yeah, and you know, I thought about that because it's not like... And these things are, already, these things are charting on iTunes, by the yeah. way. It's not like um, the Great Intelligence was a very popular character. Mm-hmm. I and mean, he didn't extend out of the, the Troughton era. He didn't leave one season, I don't think. that Both his episodes were... Yeah. Fifth season? I yeah. That is. You know, and to be honest, you're being black and white's lucky too because there's a lot black and white holds up a lot better. Like being I, I'm not a a film person. I mean, I love film and all, but I mean, I do video work and for security black and white cameras have higher resolution or let me correct it. Until recently, 
you know, with IP and HD and all that. Mm-hmm. But traditionally, black and white cameras had higher resolution, clearer picture, sharper image. And when it was dark out, you were able to see more with low light than you could with a color one. You get less mm-hmm. noise. less. So these being black and white is also going to help, you know, when they restore it because it's just got more data on it. Also, do you remember mm-hmm. hearing that somebody was scanning old films of Doctor Who and finding out that there's color pigmentation throughout yeah. Even though it's black and white, like they, it captured some of it. Well, they did that for the Pertwees, that they recovered in black and white. They they used that, which I is just amazing that they could take the black and white footage they found and draw out the colors and yeah, yeah, restore them. Well, with this here, this these here compute computers <laughs> and interwebs. Uh, also, there is an audio uh, coming out. Speaking of old school stuff. <laughs> That's the biography of Terry Nation, the man who invented hmm. the Daleks. Uh, I don't know much about, you know, Terry Nation offhand. <laughs> I know he was smart enough to keep the rights, I believe, of the Daleks somehow. So when the BBC had to get approval from him to use them, mm-hmm. so that's why they've been so, you know. Tried to take him over to America. Make a Dalek show here. <laughs> it was, was going to be a sitcom. That is almost what I picture. Like a Dalek sitcom. It's like it's like Archie imagine. Bunker with it's like Arch it's like all it's all, all in the family with Daleks <laughs> hang meathead. I just can't. It, it's I I don't know much about that except that he wanted a da- and I went what what would that be I can't even begin to imagine what was because it wasn't going to be Doctor Who it was just he had the Daleks and yeah. wanted to use them so how do you create a show around the Daleks? Well. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he did do some other writing. I, I don't know a lot of the shows. I mean, is it out already? Well, you know, let me look this up a second. No, coming out this month, sometime this month. So, typically, there's book releases for every, everyone this year is putting out books. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, to me, it's almost getting out of hand. I, you know, I, Adventures with the, the Wife in Space, which I believe he wrote this. His wife had never seen the show, and I believe they started watching it together from the beginning yeah, and they did a blog yeah yeah so this would either look for an archive of the blog or get the book i believe it's neil F- neil neil perryman it's actually at least in a, it's an at least it's at least an like interesting concept you know like i wish i can get joanna now somebody already did it so yeah. mm-hmm. uh then you have inside the tardis the worlds of doctor who coming out soon uh, who's fifty just came out? I the, think. Yeah, who's right? fifty just came out. I have another one that I just that's on back order. I think it's that one where I should be getting it signed from the author. Uh, there's a Girls of Doctor Who calendar that <laughs> had like Janet Fielding in it, and if you pre-ordered it, you'd get autographed photos of two of them. And I don't know how it worked out. I totally forgot I pre-ordered it. I got it. And I'm looking through it. I got Sophie Aldred's autograph on it, <laughs> which is just awesome to me because I, I I love Sophie Aldred even even to this day. So inside the inside the TARDIS, it's um, it's considered it's acclaim, has been acclaimed as the definitive history of Doctor Who. I guess it's the second edition to mark the fiftieth, so I'm sure it has whatever you know last five years or mm-hmm. so. Um, James Chapman's the writer of it, so you know if you want to mm-hmm. know more about it about Doctor Who, you can look that one up. New Dimensions of Doctor Who: Adventures in Space, Time, and Television, which I'm sure is. It's got to do with, I believe it's more about the show, the, the, the design of it, the music design, the um, 
set design, stuff like that, and, you know, how it's evolved over the years of the show. And then there's uh, Doctor Who, The 11th Hour, a critical celebration of the Matt Smith and Stephen Moffat era. So if you like to read, I mean, there's, I don't need mm-hmm. to really give a description of what that is, I don't think. I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. I... Who is Who, the philosophy of Doctor Who. Oh, and in, and there's a Torchwood uh, declassified book coming out, <laughs> investigating mainstream cult television. You know, is there going to be more Torchwood? We don't know. Uh, Will Brooks, 50-year diary, volume one, 1963 to 69. So this guy is being smart and dividing it up, so he makes a sh- ton of money. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff, but, you know, the big the big, the big, big deal is the, uh, the Troughton episodes, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's big news. It's good news. Yeah. So I, I am not buying them off iTunes. I'll wait till they're available somewhere else, DVD <laughs> or something. For Christmas, I'll get them for Nicole, and Nicole get them for me. <laughs> oh. Surprise! Um, uh, also, Chicago TARDIS news. I found out um, through my exhaustive contacts <laughs> at Chicago TARDIS, uh, more like their Facebook page, <laughs> that they are limited to two thousand people per day. Which means there's a the potential to have six thousand people in the weekend, which puts it on par with Galley, I believe. I think Galley was. 50 some 5,000 4,000 last year I for a weekend I think Galley capped it though at like 3,000 something was that per day or but per they, weekend they only sold memberships they didn't sell any per day you had to buy a whole weekend, weekend pass they, they don't have any single day options anymore huh well so you, it was like th- it was in the 3,000 range though, I think for total visitors which is impressive but that means Chicago Tardis may be Maybe the you know bigger, and it very well could be because just added to their guest list was Freema mm-hmm. Edgeman. So Martha Jones is mm-hmm. going to be there, along with oh, let's see. Actually, now they have a companion from every decade. Cause yeah, that was their theme. They it, had well, Fraser you have, you Hines. Have Fraser Hines. Uh, I should. I'm blanking out on her name, but Leela. Well, I mean, let's just go. Uh, oh, uh, Lala Ward. No, not Lala. Yeah. Isn't that her name? No, no. Je- Louise Jameson. Yes, Louise Jameson's going to be there. Oh, and I then loved, I loved Nicola Bryant. Yeah, I liked her. Daphne too. Ashbrook. Well, I mean, let's, so they let, had one from each let, decade. Let's just give the complete rundown, even though they, they don't you know, talk to us. Um, <laughs> Peter Davison, one of my favorites. Met him, and great guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Colin Baker, Paul McGann, Freeman Edgeman, Fraser Hines, Louise Jameson, Sarah Sutton, who was Nissa. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nicole, Nicole Bryant, Perry. Uh, Daphne Ashbrook, who was Grace Holloway, Dan Starkey, as you all know, as Strax, Richard Hope, who was Melika, uh, Nina Toussaint White, Mel's from Let's Kill yep. Hitler, Michael Jaston, who was the Valyard, so he's technically a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, Terry Malloy, who was Davros for uh, three doctors, Nicholas Briggs, who's always there, uh, Dalek and Cybermen and Silurian Voices, and Big Finish editor and executive. Yeah, and then you have your typical. You have a bunch of big Finnish people. You have Jason Ellery and Tracy Childs, Ken Bentley, Dick Mills from the Radiophonic Workshop, who I understand from you is an amazingly amazing person to listen to. Very technical. <laughs> uh, Richard Dinnick, who does audiobooks and tie-in books. Uh, Tony Lee, comics, graphic designer, graphic novels, audio writer, and 
a great guy. I've talked to him on Twitter. He, he responds on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he's hilarious. I mean, he's a great guy. It it's a good lineup. I mean, there's I think there's even more than that to be honest. Well, really, it's it's. I mean, almost everyone that was at Galley last year is now at Chicago Tardis. Well, it's you know, it, it, I keep holding out hope that Celeste McCoy will make another appearance. I mean, four I, doctors. I, I I would love to see that. I mean, you'll never see Tom Baker. No. You know, but if you had McCoy there, I mean, you'd have all but one of the remaining classic doctors. Mm-hmm. Which would be pretty cool, but I mean, McCoy was just there last year. Yeah, year before last year. Last year, last year, right? So it's going to definitely be. Uh, I'm sure that's why they're capping it at three thousand per day too. But they have yeah. the potential to really blow through any record they ever had. I mean, they have the people there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, they have almost. I mean, not quite every, but they have almost everyone that was at Galley last. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, it was Freema, Sylvester McCoy then. But, yeah, yeah. But, like, a lot of those other people, they were all... Was the Valyard there? Yeah. He I stayed in my hotel. Oh, you guys hang I out? I saw him. You guys hang out? <laughs> no. No. Was he who you saw in the elevator? Who did you see in the elevator when you were trying to text me? No, that was in New York when I was in the elevator with... Uh, Jay Roach, who directed Austin Powers. Which, and, well, you, you know, um, and I was has thinking nothing how, to do with Doctor Who, but, but, but my bad. <laughs> he was there. No, he was there for the Peabody's. Oh, yeah, and, and Matt Smith was, was there, too. And Matt Smith and Stephen was, Moffat were there. And Matt Smith was at a bar that you mm-hmm. wanted to go at, go to, but you guys had been rained on all day or something. And yeah, decided we would have been go. there when he was there. Yeah, he came out, like, and surprised everybody. He and Stephen Moffat. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just... There was a Doctor Who connection, though, because I said I when Jay Roach was in there, and I realized that Stephen Moffat could have been in that elevator. Like Didn't that would have just blown Stephen my Moffitt mind. Somewhere, no. I just swore somebody told me they did. No, I I was looking. I checked. Like I when we came back in, I like checked the bar. Like, would anyone be in the bar from the Peabody? Just cozy up next to Stephen anyone Moffitt? hanging out there? But no. Hey, aren't you? You're Stephen Moffat, aren't you? I I really loved I, I really loved coupling. I, I thought you did some amazing work. Um, the little show Doctor Who, you do a great job on that too. So that's I, I don't think yeah I, mean, I didn't get to see him, but I was I I it just the idea that it was possible that the elevator doors could have opened there and it could have just Moffitt. been Stephen it's Moffat Moff. like in the elevator just minding his own business. How long do you think he's going to stick around? I mean, because okay, he's got he's got a couple years of Sherlock, and I think they're doing another year or two. But I mean, he, he did. He acts like he's close to leaving. I mean, he's made statements like he's further into his run than he is, you know, to continue. So he's over halfway, which would mean he's been there like three seasons. Hmm. So that would seem to indicate he was thinking of leaving. Well, I mean, it's nice that it's not a full switch over this time around. You know, I'm still exi- I'm still excited to see uh, Peter Peter Capaldi take over. I, I think uh, I, I'm excited to see what direction it goes again. I think it's going to be nice that you're not going to have, you know, love triangles and all that other <laughs> side crap in there. Yeah, I that wasn't my favorite part of the Moffat era. So, no, but no, but I mean... I can deal with it, but I, I like my doctor a little e- less. Either have him and the companion be together, or don't. 
I, I don't like the kind of yes, kind of no. Ooh, I'm getting married. You know what I mean? That That's where it bugs me a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, I don't mind a, a small amount of snogging, as they say in England. <laughs> but, you know, it's how it is today. I, I can get past it. Just lengthen the episode so we don't have so many plot holes, please. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, speaking of longer episodes. We've never found a plot hole in one, an episode. Except half of the season. <laughs> um, I think it could be more than half. But. Yeah. So let's get on to that, that was about all I had for news. I mean, there hasn't been, there was, it was so quiet for weeks. You know, and, and all of a sudden, in like a week, here's yeah. five new books, and here's a new guest for Chicago TARDIS, and here's new episodes we mm-hmm. found. It's like, gee, wow. The floodgates have opened. It's a month and a half, roughly, till the special, right? It's November 10th? Yeah, yeah, about a month and a half. Yeah. Wow, we're gonna have to do. We are gonna have to do like a two-hour-long episode to finish off our doctors. Well, some of them won't take too long. How much can you say about Paul McGann and his one episode? No, but you have Peter Davison and Sylvester McCoy. There's a good amount to say about those two. And this episode will probably run a little long because we'll talk about David or Pertwee and Baker, which well, I mean, we've those, got two those Pertwee are fans here. So. Yeah, so a bit. That's true. Uh, I've noticed suddenly I see a little more love for Pertwee from people that didn't like him. Like, I'll see stuff on Facebook or Twitter and be like, really? So now all of a sudden you're like, oh, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> from where it was, I hate him. The third doctor uh, was played by John Pertwee, who, I tell you, he, I, I think he really, truly enjoyed playing the doctor, and it really mm-hmm. showed. Like, it, it completely came through in how he played it. Uh, we've mentioned he it before. He was the doctor. Yeah, yeah. You know, he loved gadgets. He loved vehicles. He commissioned the Who-Mobile himself and, yep. had, and paid for it himself. Used it in one episode. His Tried last episode. Tried to drive it on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got stopped by the police. Yeah. Do you think he had to, like, you know, it's funny because people are always like, oh, I hate when people call, call the doctor, Doctor Who. It's like the license plate said Who won. I mean, back in those days, back then, I mean, that's how he was credited, you know? Yeah. It wasn't credited as the doctor. He was yeah, credited he was as Doctor, doctor Who. I'm sorry. I, I love the Pertwee era. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Even even with, when uh, Liz Shaw, who was played by Caroline um, Caroline John, mm-hmm. was on the show. I mean, she was a little stuffy. She was a little unbelieving, but she was kind of his equal in a lot of ways. I liked Liz. I like I liked Liz myself, and I think near the end, they just didn't. I think I think they said on a personal level they just didn't get along real well. But she had gotten pregnant, I know that, and they wrote her out after the first season. She got a bad goodbye, though. She didn't get it. Well, really, Dodo's, wasn't, Dodo's wasn't great either. But hers is like the same thing. It's like, oh, she decided to go back to Cambridge. That's it. Well, I don't think she wanted to do a farewell one anyway. I think she was... I, I don't know. I don't know I, if they let her. I don't know if they were... They, they wrote her out and... Yeah, I, I don't know. Because he needed the, the helpless assistant, Joe. Yeah. Who starts out completely incompetent. But see, that was what was kind of nice about watching those episodes with Joe Grant. I mean, okay, first off, the third Doctor, a little background is, his first episode was um, Spearhead from, from Space, Space, which featured the Autons, mm-hmm. which we know and love now from mm-hmm. seeing in, um, when they brought the show back. I think they've referenced that episode more than just about any other, because... Eccleston's first episode is with the Autons, yep. like that. Actually, he and Matt Smith got their costumes and running around in the hospital 
Yeah. Kind of. Kind of how Pert we did. Because that was the most flamboyantly dressed man who entered that hospital. I remember he was an executive or something, but I, with the cape and I think he had a hat in the yeah, first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he is lucky that someone walked in there that just happened to be flamboyantly over the top in his fashions. Anybody else dressed like that, it wouldn't have worked. No, he Pertwee pulls it was, off. Pertwee was confident, and he was a big dude. He was tall. Yeah. And his stature and his mannerisms and his confidence just shone through in uh, in in how he, I mean, he wore, he, he owned it. I mean, there was no Those doubt. Those ruffles? See? You, you looked at, like, him. I mean, he was, he was the Elton John of sci-fi. <laughs> he, I, that is why I would love to figure out how to do a Pertwee costume. Oh, and you don't see him. I, I want to do that so badly, but I, it's hard to find that, and I don't sew. <laughs> that is an issue. If I could sew, I could maybe create, but, but I so want to do that because I, I love his whole flamboyant look, and, and I know some people, like, I listened to the Verity episode, and some people were like, capes, no, I think he pulls off a cape. And again, anybody but him, it wouldn't have worked. It just but, works with him. You but the Verity, the Verity crew is very divided about Pertwee. Yeah. And they always have been. And, and there's like five, they're not always all on the show at the same time, but there's always a division between them. Like Eric has been on been with mm-hmm. us on the other podcast. And Erica, yep. not a Pertwee fan. No. But I, I think know she might have. Is it, is it, is she, it. She was the one that was anti-cape, so I was like, yeah, I'm not usually for, like, capes. I don't go, oh, everyone should wear a cape, but no, I think No, no, they're completely we, impractical, but it, somehow it, it works him. with him. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. He, he makes it work. He just, it, it's just a way to make a more striking entrance and exit. You yeah. flip the cape and walk in and... I mean, when, when he took over, essentially he was banished to Earth mm-hmm. by the Time Lords for his, the, for the, partially for the events of... What was the last the war games? War games. The war games. He was forced to regenerate against his will. He and he chose to look like Pertwee. Well, he was making fun of his face in the mirror. But Troughton got to like choose his look. Did he? Mm-hmm. I thought that they they but they made him regenerate. Yeah. But for some reason, in that he gets to like choose oh. his look. Wow. Uh, okay. I didn't. So he was that. ready to go for a more flamboyant look. Yeah, he well, went. This I mean, guy well, can I pull mean, off a cape. Let's put it this way: he went from being the cosmic hobo mm-hmm. to a secret agent. I yeah. mean, realistically, you had shows like The Avengers. You had James Bond in full swing. Mm-hmm. You know, you had um, the Saint. You had a man from the man, or man from Uncle, girl from Uncle. I mean, you had or woman from Uncle, girl from one or two. <laughs> you you had all this stuff at the time, and Doctor Who followed that trend, and I thought they did a fine job and. Pertwee wanted it that way. And, you know, he took the spy-fi, as they, I mean, genre, as I just read somewhere, mm-hmm. and he ran with it, and he did a great job. And he was he was banished to Earth, no TARDIS, for all but the last season, I think. They introduced Unit. You had met Lethbridge Stewart previously in, in, the, the, web in the Web of Fear, which now we'll be able mm-hmm. to see. It, it's the first meeting with them. Colonel Lethbridge Stewart. When he's wearing, when, the, when Troughton's wearing that big fur coat, mm-hmm. you find out Lethbridge Stewart is running unit. And 
the I like the unit boys, man. I I'm, I missed them the way they were. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't so. They were militaristic for sure, but not to the extent. Not not where they looked like they do now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Spirit from Space was a great episode, and to be honest, two two of the best Pertwee episodes were in that season: Spirit from Space and Inferno. Mm. I mean, Inferno. Well, the whole season, I don't think there's a bad episode in it. No, it was only four I mean, stories, but I, I don't because Ambassador. Well, that was nineteen seventy. Doctor Who and the Silurians. Oh, and let's 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 not forget John Pertwee. When they were trying to, he he got tired of trying to say all the scientific stuff, mm-hmm. and that's he came. He was the first doctor with a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, what well, it was? Reverse, reverse the, the polarity, polarity of, of the, the neutron, neutron flow. I have that on a T-shirt, which I use all the time. And people are like, "Wow, that sounds really good." I'm like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. And again, anybody else on any other show, it wouldn't work. Coming from Pertwee, I think it works fine. Well, he took the doctor and made him a little more serious again, kind of. Back yeah. to the Hartnell era. He's not so jokey. I mean, he has his quips, but you'd he plays see, it very straight. You'd see those smiles with the companions here yeah. and there and the, with uh, the Brigadier. But he plays yeah. it very straight, and he is, like, he's like the he was anti-Troughton. Yeah, he was much more forceful. Yeah, he's in he control. He, he walks in there, and you know he is in charge. Yeah, no matter who, no matter there, what. There's there's none of that, like, I'm going to underplay it so people don't realize it. No. no, no. He, he walks in he and says, I am the smartest man in the room, and everyone else is going to know it. I am the baddest-ass man in the room. He knew how to sword fight. He mm-hmm. knew karate. Karate. Venetian Aikido. It, it was called Venetian Aikido. It's like a tongue twister. Which... And everyone's like, well, I don't like my doctor being physical. It's like, oh, then you didn't really watch the episodes. Because he didn't go straight to being physical. He he did all the typical, I'm going to try to talk about, I'm going to try to do this, I'm oh, going to try there's... that. And when it didn't work, then he, he, he'd smack a bitch. Oh, not to, <laughs> not to jump ahead, but Tom Baker, I just recently watched again, the, the Seeds of Doom. He jumps through a skylight yeah. to save Sarah Jane. Yeah. I'm like... That's pretty physical there. He, like, jumps through and, like, saves her and crashes. I'm like, that's like something Pertwee would do. And actually, Baker took swings at people in episodes at times. I remember mm-hmm. seeing them. Uh, I, I, and I always said that there's times when you watch Doctor Who now when you're just like, j- j- hit him and run. Just, just hit the guy and go. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there's an episode with Pertwee where he's on this, like, on this military base of some sort. Not military base. But, like, some kind of complex. complex. Mm-hmm. And he's running. And, like, people are chasing him. It's got this, like, James Bond. He also had the prisoner out at the time, too, I think. But he, like, turns around. He, like, flips a guy over. He keeps running. <laughs> he turns around, flips him, kicks it. it. You know, why not once in a while? But, you know, it was all how his character was. But, yeah, let's see. Spirit from Space was Dalton's. Mm-hmm. What I liked about what other episodes were in that season? That was Ambassadors of Death, Doctor Who and the Silurians, and Inferno. Yeah, the, Silur- only four. the Silurians made their uh, mm-hmm. their appearance. Ambassadors of Death was that? That was was that with the? No, they weren't robots. Who was in that one? What was that one? That's what it was. Wasn't it the one where they launched a spaceship with and they took like some probe and they find this guy that they thought disappeared and he comes back. Was that the one? Is it? It might be. I, I'm... Some of the... Yeah, yeah. Was that the one? The, this has been sent... Okay. Professor Ralph Cornish oversees the launch of the Recovery 7 probe. This has been sent into Earth orbit to make contact with the missing Mars probe 7. And it's two astronauts oh, yeah. who lost... Ca- okay, that's right. I do remember that one. Mm-hmm. 
so that was a good episode. It took mm-hmm. me a minute to come on. I, it, some of the titles don't, you know, click right away for me. Uh, Inferno was one of the first episodes of Doctor Who I ever watched. It was on a Channel 11 telethon. As there was the a, evil eye patch wearing Brigadier. That was that was the start of. No, you know what? Star Trek made did it first. Star Trek had the alternate universe yeah. episode where everyone, all the bad guys, had goatees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have Doctor been before. Who. They did it, and the Brigadier had an eye patch. Yeah, Liz Shaw was like she looked like a Nazi. I mean, <laughs> in the alternate universe, basically in Inferno, they're drilling into what are they drilling for? They're like. They're yeah, drilling and they're, there's they're this green ooze that's coming out and it infects people like and the they turn into creatures. They're gonna, they're for some, yeah, I forget what they're drilling for. I should remember because I've watched that one more than but once. People but touch the stuff, it burns them, their hands start turning green and getting like Well, then they get all like zombie-ish. Yeah, yeah. And they, they real hairy looking and it, they attack and the, others. Yeah, and then the doctor's trying to, because that's when his TARDIS still isn't working. He's got the council out of the TARDIS. Yeah, so he's trying he's to get trying it to, to work, and, and he ends up jumping in into dimensions. the alternate yeah. universe. Yeah. Where he meets the evil eye patch wearing Brigadier. And they're far more militaristic and far mm-hmm. more, no, this is how it's going to be. And everyone dies. Yeah. He gets out And then he jumps back. Yeah. And stops it from happening in the Right, because he he in the alternate the alternate universe was ahead. Yeah. In drilling because of how they didn't care if somebody got hurt. They didn't care if there was an issue. They just kept going. Where the brigadier would slow stuff down or whatever because he was always arguing with the head of the project. Mm-hmm. But hey, it was a it was a good episode. It was mm-hmm. a long what was that? Seven? Six, seven episodes? Seven or seven eight. episodes. Yeah. Seven? seven episodes. But well worth it. It was a great mm-hmm. ride. And it's the last we see we see Liz Shaw. Yep. Which, you know, the next we hear is that she told the brigadier that the doctor doesn't want someone that can help. He just wants someone to pass him test tubes and say how great he is or something to that effect. And they Which bring he gets and Joe in the beginning. They bring in yeah, and you know, and oddly enough, nineteen seventy one, the first air date of Terror of the Autons. Two mm-hmm. seasons, both started with Autons. Mm-hmm. And the master came in. Yeah, the master the was autons. working with them. And it was the first introduction of the mm-hmm. of the master, who was then in like every episode that whole season. You know what it was? Was the master in the old classic series was devious and cunning. The new master, while played greatly by John Sims, and I enjoyed watching his performance, was just like psychotic. Mm-hmm. He was like a sociopath. He was like the Joker yeah. from Batman. There yeah. was no real. Like, th- that intelligence seemed to be gone, in a mm-hmm. sense. That conniving and scheming. Because he used to, he enjoyed toying with the doctor, or so mm-hmm. he thought, toying with the doctor. You know, and there was a repertoire that was almost friendly between them, even mm-hmm. when they were fighting against each other. And there were times they worked together, and then went back to, you know. <laughs> they were like, that's why there was so much speculation that maybe they were brothers or something, mm-hmm. because of how they had that. Yeah. And, um... Roger Delgado played, was the first master, played it great. St- amazingly, the guy that took over after he died seemed to look very similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, the master's the only Time Lord that every generation looks almost the same, up until uh, up until Paul McGann's movie. Yeah. Well, that wasn't technically be- a regeneration. That's I know we'll get to this when we talk about McGann. Well, but, yeah, but it's, just but a, small it's, it's of it. a weird little, like... He, he takes the form of, like, a snake 
because he's been killed and and like this little snake like yeah, being I mean, takes but, over the body of Eric Roberts who is the paramedic. And I think Eric Roberts. So it did, wasn't a regeneration. It was just oh, a, oh, he uh, took over his body. I I honestly think that Eric Roberts did an all right job doing it. I mean, all things considered. Well, the whole thing isn't really set up like regular Doctor no. Who, and, and it's not nearly as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. It's not great. I mean, but like I always say, any who is any who's better than no who. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that I, wasn't technically a regeneration. It was a weird thing that didn't really fit in with the rest of the history of the Master. That he so. was just taking over bodies. <laughs> Now, what I was going to mention, you said the introduction of Joe Grant was in terror for the Autons. Mm-hmm. The meaning of those two did not go so well in, the, in that episode. Oh, she, she does everything wrong. She puts she uses a fire extinguisher or something to put out something he's working on. Yeah. And he gets mad. And he thinks she's like the coffee girl or something. Well, it's basically what she can do in the beginning. Her father like pulled strings to get her to get there. Her there yeah, and yeah. She, she's completely incompetent in the beginning. But... She is, but through the series with her, you see her yeah. grow. Oh, you by the time you get lot. to like, see that's what I, I the sea devils. Yeah, I think she. Although she's running around in a white pantsuit, that I'm like, how is that not getting dirty? But that that's just, I guess, the girl thing where you're going like, that would be dirty by now. She's running around. She's crawling through things. It was the seventies. So what are you? What else are you gonna put her in? But. But yeah, she oh, she she's ca- like doing stuff then, and I'm like, this is not the same no, woman that started out. No, she started, started out off as, the- as a little girl, basically, is what she seemed like. He he acted as her father. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's what the relationship was like. It was almost, you know, I, I'm sure they didn't think this way about it, but it was almost like Hartnell and his granddaughter. I, I think if you wanted to analyze it and say, you know, maybe he he looked as, at Joe Grant as you know his granddaughter or daughter because he protected her and he you know he would mm-hmm. go to any ends of the earth for her but Terra the Altons was a great episode mm-hmm. I don't remember the full plot of that I remember the master they're, they're, they took over a, like a plastics factory and they give out I just remember because I think of that every time I see daffodils now they made little plastic daffodils that they like gave out and then like on cue they like attached right. to like their faces right. and it, it, they're like murderous plastic daffodils and one guy is killed by like a the guy that owns the factory i think is killed by like a plastic chair yeah yeah it's just like yeah. i was like it, it's the most bizarre but every time i see daffodils now i think of that episode even though they're real daffodils not plastic i, I keep thinking of the little right. now i know what to get you for your birthday <laughs> i i do remember i will not ter- trust daffodils ever again I will. I will say, Terry the Autons was a, was I thought a pretty good episode, I, but uh, I mean, you see a lot of grow, in, a lot of growth in uh, Joe Grant from the first episode all the way through the Green, green death, death. Yep. When she leaves to fight, you know, for the Earth and get married and get married, and it, you see the Doctor being sad mm-hmm. and not knowing if he's going to go celebrate with them or not. <laughs> You know, I mean, there was some emotion there. And, and Katie Manning, I think, I think Katie Manning and Pert, we just had great chemistry. I mm. mean, regardless. I think that was a big... Well, he had a hard time when Elizabeth Slayton took over. Because they, they, she told the story that he, on his, on her, like, first day filming, she walked into, like, the bar or something. It was the day before her first day of filming, I think. And, like, 
Tom Pertwee was there, and he was like, oh, hi, Katie. And then he, like, realized what he'd said, and then he started to cry because he just missed Katie Manning so much. And I was like, I could see where that would make her feel bad, but then... But she should understand that, though, too. He was obviously very attached to Katie. They'd been together three years, I think. Uh, Yeah, probably about three, three three and a half. And then they were a... And I think they were friends off set, though, too. And he was friends with... Him and Roger Delgado became good friends, too. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, uh, another good episode from that season was Colony in Space. I love when they do space stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was... It was a good one. They... Basically, the Time Lords say, okay, your TARDIS is going to work to go here where we want you to go. (laughs) And they want him to, uh... Mm Mm-hmm. Fix fix it. Which he does. (laughs) He got in trouble for meddling, but then they want him to meddle sometimes. Yeah, the Time Lords are Time Lords are dicks. A bit fickle. <laughs> They're dicks. Um, <laughs> uh, and we didn't see the Daleks the first two seasons at all, I don't believe. No. No, but season three, mm-hmm. the opening episode, Day of the Daleks. Not a bad episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be the pred- it would be the first time Katie Manning a.k.a. Joe Grant, meets the Daleks. Wouldn't be the last, because at some point she decided to pose nude with them. You know, just look it up on the internet. It comes up real quick, guys. I, I've seen that. I think I would rather not have seen that. But I was never attracted to Joe, to, to Katie Manning. I, 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 not like it's something, oh, she's a horrible person. Just I don't find her attractive. So I could do without seeing it. I... And it can't be unseen is the problem. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I've seen it now, so it's in my head, and I went, I, I didn't need to see a Dalek. Yeah, and just mentioning like it, that. now they're like, the image pops mm-hmm. up, and it's like, ah. Oh. So what happens once you've seen it? So, listeners, beware if you don't want that image. If you're under the age of 18, close your ears for a second. A buddy of mine, back in the late 90s, found a European adult film with Daleks in it. Like, how they got the Daleks, mm. and how they, I don't know. But, no, they weren't with the women, either. I don't believe. I didn't really see it. But <laughs> I, I was just like, wow, really? So, I don't know. But Day of the Daleks is a great episode. I like that one a lot. Uh, is that the one with the time travel? The time corridor? That goes to the cave? And they're gonna, they want the, the Earth... They want to blow up I, the... I want to say yes. But I, I do sometimes confuse Day of the Daleks and... What is it? Planet of the Daleks? The other part we want? So I think day of, I think that is Day of the Daleks. I remember Death to the Daleks because that's the one with Sarah Jane. Yes. Where they have to pass all those little tests that are like children's games. It's like playing hopscotch to yeah, break they the wanna, security. They, there's gorilla, there, there's a group of gorillas that want to kill, um, like, head of some committee. A guy named Styles yeah. is what it is. And they're going to have a conference at this building. And they, they want to kill Styles because they blame Styles for the Dalek invasion. Which happens later on. Yeah. Because he sets into a series of, event, of events and they... They believe he is what caused this building to explode. And in reality, one of their wounded, who they think is dead, is who causes it. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't realize that the mission's been changed, and he goes down there to do it and pulls the building up. Only, of course, the doctor makes just enough changes 
to where the Daleks get destroyed. Uh, it's the first time you see the Daleks using a slave race also. They were using the mm-hmm. Ograns. Yeah. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Which is weird because you don't really see that before with the Daleks. No. Did, 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 how many episodes with the Daleks did Troughton have? Two. Okay, that's what I thought. They did two. And then they were gone for like five years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they used humans to do their bidding, but they didn't have a slave race. They just kind of manipulated yeah. people. So, at the end of the episode, Styles and the rest of the people from the conference are saved, and the doctor says, mm-hmm. you need to make the right decisions. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. Brigadier is in it. Joe Grant, you know, Joe Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, Sergeant Benton, I thought mm-hmm. he was one of my favorites. Not so much Mike Yates, but I like Benton. He was he was very good at what he did, even though he was kind of bumbling. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was kind of like one of those big dogs that's just kind of like bumps into stuff. <laughs> but when you need him to take action, he's good at it. I well, thought, Yates went bad. What was that? Yates went bad. Uh, he turned on him. He was on the wrong side. And was it Invasion of the Dinosaurs? Yeah, but wasn't he brainwashed or something? And then he comes back in Planet of the Spiders. Trying to redeem himself, I think, by pointing out the mysterious yeah. workings he found at the monastery. Uh, and then season three gives us our first anniversary episode. Yep. The Three Doctors. You Which know I what? Love. I do too. I, it's light on plot, maybe, and yeah, you know, whatever. But the interaction between the three of them is great. You know, you you it, you see Troughton in color. Mm-hmm. And with his recorder. This season is one of my favorites. Season uh, season 10, it starts off with the three doctors, which I enjoyed. He can travel through time, through space and time yeah. again. Next episode, Colony or Carnival of Monsters. This is a great episode. The TARDIS gets put into basically a zoo. It's like it's like having a it's like a fish tank with multiple <laughs> like there's, there's there's like little what are they called not aquariums they're called uh, I don't know it's like little exhibits and people could look into this machine and see it somehow the TARDIS is in it now the special effects are pretty hideous when they <laughs> pull the TARDIS out and it's t- obviously a toy mm-hmm. but it was just a fun episode because they escape from their area they're on a ship and the same day keeps happening and they realize something's not right so, and there's a little bit more going on in that episode, too. Uh, the, the people bringing this machine in don't have the proper authorization, and they want to destroy the machine. And, of course, they don't want it destroyed because it's their life's, their, you know, way to make money. And the doctor is in it, so we mm-hmm. don't want it destroyed. But I, I thought that was a fun episode. There's a mm-hmm. lot, little bit of running around in there. There's some creatures and... Are there, there's no Daleks in that, though. No. There's Cybermen or something, though. There's, there's a few people, a few foes he, he knows in it. I just don't remember which ones, but it was that was good. I like I enjoyed that one. Then it goes to Frontier in Space, mm-hmm. which was another another great one. And Frontier in Space, if I'm correct, oh that's right, there is a almost a collision with the TARDIS. Yeah, I don't remember the details, but it was <laughs> a good episode. I think they arrest the Doctor and Joe. Oh, the Master's in it. That's right. Frontier mm-hmm. in Space has the Master in it. In his in Roger Delgado's final performance as the Master, because he dies in a car accident, I believe. Shortly thereafter, and then well, I uh, think it was—I don't think it was too soon after because he was going to be in Planet of the Spiders originally. Yeah, but it's, only, it's only like a finale. year away at that point. Because they wrote it well, for the master. Yeah, but it wasn't originally Pertwee's finale. I'll get to that in a second. What I read, in the, what I read recently. 
Uh, I don't know how true it is, but I read it. Because that was supposed I re- to be the excerpt, finale for the Master, too. Oh, that's interesting. And then... But then you had Planet of the Daleks, which is a great episode. Uh, well, I, I don't even... Uh, Terry Nation wrote it. I mean, come on. <laughs> Planet of the Daleks was one of my favorite episodes. Because that's the one that they have the invisible creatures who somehow need to wear fur coats. <laughs> But the episode was pretty good. I think Joe get or is it the doctor that's dying and Joe's trying to save him, or is it Joe that? Was, yeah, she has to run and do something. He gets knocked unconscious or something, then he gets taken. Maybe because they kind of crash land on the planet. Uh, there's like a research team that's there doing research to try to find out the. It's so always about, research teams yeah. all over space. Well, that's what you think, or mining crews, right? Uh. And the season ends on another with another great episode, The Green Death. They're back on Earth. Joe Grant meets her uh, future husband. <laughs> and there's giant caterpillars. And the doctor wields a gun and fires it. <laughs> so that that was season ten to me is one of the best Doctor Who seasons. I mean there's a lot of good a lot of good in that in that season. To me anyway. <laughs> season eleven, I believe, is his last one. Yeah, because that yeah, it's because he has one season with Sarah Jane. You know, it, it's That's weird. probably his worst season. It, I'd it's, say. it's weird. It it it's well, Death to the Daleks was good. It's still a little. I, I just have the rest of them were not the, great. Time Warrior was of just Peladon mediocre. God awful. That's pretty bad. Planet of the Spiders is only mediocre. I like Planet of the Spiders, but it's just not as good. Season but, eleven was far better. I mean, Planet than of the 12. Spiders has that whole like episode long chase. He just keeps changing, and I'm like, yeah. I can appreciate that because it's like using. I get that it's his last episode, so I. That is the only reason I will forgive an episode where it is a chase that ends with the guy just disappearing. Well, what I the heard, whole chase was pointless. Yeah. You spent the whole yeah. episode chasing a guy who could just disappear, so he didn't yeah. need to be chased in the first place. That is very true. What I remember reading was that they announced he knew Joe Grant was leaving, or he knew Katie Manning was leaving. Somewhere probably pri- somewhere near the beginning of the of se- series eleven, season eleven, I want to say he, they knew early on because they wrote mm-hmm. her out. I mean, she left on good terms. It wasn't like mm-hmm. you know, so that kind of hit him because he really enjoyed working with her. And after the Masters episode, before I want to say it was before they filmed season twelve is when he died, and. Delgado and Pertwee, from what I read, had actually become pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. So Pertwee, I think, said, listen, you know what, Let's, I, this is going to be my last one. Because he, you know, he lost what he had. He lost two, See, his two best friends. But, but that's what I just read last year. How true it is, I don't know. I read that in Elizabeth Sladen's autobiography, she kind of acts like he didn't really want to leave. But his pride oh, he, backed him well, into no, it he, because he said, "Well, no, he didn't want to leave. He went but in he and thought asked, it was the right thing to do. He went in and asked for a raise. In her book, she says he went in and asked for a raise, and they said, like, no. And he said, well, if you don't, you know, if you don't want to give me a raise, then like someone else can take over the role because I'm not playing it. And they were like, okay, well, it was nice having you. And then he was like, trapped into leaving, and he really." Was not one hundred percent on board. It was kind of shitty of... because they gave him a bad a bad year anyway. 
uh, if that's true. I, I, I don't I mean, know. That was I, you know, she, I don't know how much her take of her on take it. on it is true. I don't know how much of what I read, and I, I wish I remembered where I read it, and I don't. Uh, it's hard to find his book. His book, he acts like he, you know, he realized it was time to go. Yeah, and I think that's where but I read that, the excerpt from was that you know there were there were factors that just all happened to him, and he was like, you know, now's the time for me to leave. But then I, I was like, I could see her because she acted like he he really was hurt that they didn't want to offer him money. So then he wouldn't stay because well, I mean, be he fair, was like, well, if they're not going to give me money and they want me to go, then. To be fair, that might have been the final straw for him, though. You know, I don't know what events occurred when. I mean, obviously, they knew he was leaving before they filmed because they had to write the last episode. So, you know, did he ask for more money and then they said No. And then everything else happened. I don't know the series of events when they all took place. All I remember, like I said, all I remember reading was that these two were friends and these two were friends and both of them were gone. So maybe then after that, he asked for the raise and they told him that. And at that point, he didn't care because, you know, I don't know. Again, who knows what's going to be. If we ever if we ever get our TARDIS to work, we will (laughs) go back in time and find out. But that's what I read. Like you, you said, you know, Sladen's book says something different. I, I'm, I'm sure she didn't lie, <laughs> but maybe there may have been more to it in the background. I, I don't know. Because it seemed like, I mean, in her book, you get the impression he wasn't thrilled about because he loved being the doctor. Oh, he did. Yeah. And he wasn't. He couldn't even be on set when they filmed Tom Baker's the part of the regeneration. He didn't want to be there because wow. he, he didn't want to see Tom Baker taking over the role. Wow. Well, because they didn't film it in order, so that was like no, earlier. They, they never do. Yeah, for some so reason they don't film. They don't did know. all the you know like studio when they were doing that. He he like filmed his part, and then he said he had to like he he agreed to be somewhere else so he didn't have to be in the studio when they did Tom Baker. Which now brings us to Tom Baker, mm-hmm. who was completely different from the last three Doctors. His first appearance is in Robot. He doesn't want to be on Earth. He doesn't seem to share the passion for the people or, or planet that Pertwee did, or Hartnell did, even mm-hmm. in a sense. He, well, well, no, but Hartnell. I mean, he spent he came to Earth and spent time there for you know a reason. Uh, but he was willing Trouton, to sacrifice Trou- anybody. Yeah, that's true. Hartnell really until but, yeah, third later season on, yeah. didn't really care that much about anyone. Uh, yeah, and it never really says he really loved Earth the way that the, that Pertwee did. Pertwee, you know, I think it was because he was exiled there. Yeah. But he, be, you know, became quite fond of it. The doctor became fond of it mm-hmm. uh, until Baker took over, and then he just wanted mm-hmm. out. And I'm not going to lie, a lot, of, a lot of Tom Baker's episodes, to me, just don't grab me. But, you know, I, I always thought he took over sooner, too. But no, it was like 1973 or four. It was quite a while. Yeah, it was quite a ways in. In fact, he was a doctor till like eighty three or something. I mean, he went well into the eighties. Mm-hmm. Pertwee, the Pertwee era came to the close. The swashbuckling doctor left. Uh, we were treated to a very strange, a very strange doctor, and I well, didn't really know what to make of of him watching those first episodes. Well, that's what, like, Sarah Jane's role is, largely with him as, like, a buffer between him and, and the, the humans. He him and everybody. To, yeah. 
But also, like, the, the humans he has to deal with he now. She's, like, the go-between. The one that, like, translates. Like, okay, yeah. well, he can do this. He he does have that attitude that Pert we had where I am the smartest person here, to an extent. But he's got a little bit of the, like, but Pert we had a, yeah. troutin, but used differently. Because I think he uses it to, like, throw people off. Well, he, like he sits at like like he goes to talk to someone behind a desk and he like comes on their side of the desk just to it was like yeah. a power play yeah. but he plays it off as like goofy so he's got like a he's always trying to like throw the other people off. I I also think he showed more contempt for a lot of things and a lot of people. Like I mean, where Troughton or not Troughton but where Pertwee and the Brigadier had somewhat become friends. Mm-hmm. I mean. Baker really, Baker, the fourth doctor really does not seem to get along with him or even care. No. Like, he has complete contempt for unit, for Earth, for the people of Earth to a point. I mean, there's a lot of things that he's just like, you know, instead of like taking, you know, there's there's moments where he's like, these people are idiots, basically. You know, <laughs> these Earthlings are stupid. Why do you want to, and whether he was doing that to throw somebody off or whatnot, I don't know. But there was a lot of... There was a lot of great in the Tom Baker era, and there was a lot of stuff that I just looked at. And I just didn't, just didn't work. Well, by the end, he he gets a lot sillier. Well, it gets a lot darker the last year or two. But he also gets a lot sillier as it goes on. Like like before, yeah, he's well, a little more like prickly, and but then all of a sudden he just gets kind of goofy. Like, what well, depends on you know? It's funny. Everyone thinks of Sarah Jane Smith, and they think of Tom Baker, and everyone thinks of Tom Baker and thinks of Sarah Jane Smith. She was not with Tom Baker that long. Yeah, like two years. And some of, and a lot of those episodes aren't great, and the chemistry between them isn't great in a lot of them. Like the interaction between the characters, it's just not, you know. I don't know. I, I thought I thought he was great with uh, with uh, the second Romana, not Mary Tam. The um, what's her name? Layla Ward. Layla yeah. Ward. I thought he. Who he married? Yeah. Uh, I'm Briefly, sure, and, and I'm sure divorced too. Yes, it was like yeah. a year. Uh, I'm, he mean he was him and Leela seemed to get along fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually, I, you know, I think she's an underrated companion. I think a lot of those episodes with her were really clever in a sense because she was she was not what we would consider smart, but she would look at something and compare it to something she already knew, so she could understand it. Like, she had a way of understanding things that were beyond her, which you didn't see in a lot of companions. And for her, I mean, being, what, I don't know, a barbarian, maybe? I don't know, what would you call her? Yeah, I don't... I don't remember. Yeah, they, they, kind of... A warrior, a let's say. Savagey. Yeah, a savage. That's what she was. She was, They consider her a savage. She had a lot more potential, and they, it, they used it at times. She was also very violent and very stabby. <laughs> um... There was Romano one and two, I, I, I like Romano two better myself. I think some of those episodes are great when they're in Paris. City of Death. City of yeah. Death is a phenomenal episode. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a thing to me. His season or his time, you know, it introduced Nissa, Adric, and Tegan in the last episode, Legopolis. There was a lot of great things happening. Uh, Douglas Adams took over his screen um, script editor. Script yeah. editor, and a lot of times was rewriting scripts. In fact, his episode never aired at the time of Shada. 
but it since has been reco- I saw an early version they did a couple years like a few decade a decade ago or whatever but now I understand mm-hmm. they've actually finished it and they released it and it was a good episode a little weird mm-hmm. but I mean let's let's go go through some of them here we have robot I'll give it a thumbs up <laughs> robot was all right mm-hmm. Ark in space you know to be fair his first season robot started off a little slow but got good and then basically the next four episodes are one long episode because the Ark in space they're on the space station mm-hmm. with that was it the one with the the creature the worm, the worm right yeah the w- then worm. they're on that space station no then they go down to earth and they run into Santarans mm-hmm. then they go from earth back to the space station or no they run into the Daleks at some point the time lords send him back to right to Genesis okay so back to the beginning they're on the space station they go down to earth meet the Santarans from earth the 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 time lord send them to the beginning of the Daleks and this is one of the best Dalek episodes ever because he has the opportunity to end it before it all starts got the two wires just needs to connect them is Sarah Jane Jane first meets the Daleks is Harry in that episode well Sarah Jane met the Daleks before because she met him in Death to the Daleks Yes, yes, she did. I, but actually, Genesis of Daleks, it wasn't even the Daleks yet. It was still the two factions fighting it out. The Daleks Davros. The, yeah. That introduced Davros. It introduced Davros, exactly, yeah. And then uh, they go back, I believe, to the space station again, space station Nerva, and the Cybermen are there. And that's where they introduce the gold dust weakness of the Cybermen. Well, it's better than Windex. So that season, while start to me starting a bit slow with Robot, which I, I enjoy, it's just not. When you look at Pertwee's first episode as the Doctor, and then his season two opener, and I mean, it, it, Robot wasn't as strong to me. I, I like Robots at the time, so it was cool because I was a kid. But <laughs> he drives Bessie in it, though. It's mm-hmm. the last time you see Bessie, I think. Until five Until doctors. Until five doctors, yeah, with Pertwee again. Which so you know that season. His first season, I enjoy. I like. I think my favorite was the Ark in Space. I really like. I really one. enjoy that one with the worm. Yeah. Even the though Cybermen, sometimes you can tell it's like oh, you know, bubble for a fact, wrap painted yeah, it, green. Well, they talk about that at one. They talked about that at Chicago Tardis. Season two opens up with the Terror of the Zygons, the only Zygon episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what to th- make of that one. I really don't. Zygons I, will be back. I don't think I'd say it was a high point of that season. Uh, Planet of Evil. That was the first Tom Baker I ever saw. Planet of Evil. Yep. Um, it's bizarre. But that was one of the, that was one of the first times that he landed somewhere and they're like, "Those people are dead. You did it." I think that started that trend, which we see going through. You know, the, all of them. I don't know if I really liked it much. Pyramid of Mars. I enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jane Smith is being a sniper with a rifle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good episode. Who was the bag? What was the bag? Sutek. Sutek, right? Yeah, Sutek the Destroyer. Uh, that one, that's a good episode. One of my favorite ones of all time, and one of my favorite Fourth Doctor ones, it came right after that. Android Invasion. <laughs> they, uh, they're they on give Earth. give it away in the title. Yeah, but it you don't realize it. It starts out all mysterious and but, what's going on, but they told you it's the Android Invasion. Yeah, that part, but you don't realize that it's not, you know, what it seems. They, they end up on Earth, and they see... The people of this town just being taken away on trucks. 
and later on coming back on trucks. And no one, everyone's suspicious, and at times no one's moving or talking, and you find out that androids are replacing them. Slowly. <laughs> uh, that was, that was a, I think that was a really good episode. There, oh, there's moments that you were talking about where he's talking to the, um, he's in the research center, and he's sitting at the guy's desk. Isn't there an android of him at some point? And I th- I he sees Benton, the, the, the android Benton, and says, what are you doing? You should be looking for the, the android, or you should be looking for the real him. Go get him, or whatever. And he runs by. So there was a lot of, a lot of fun in that one. I enjoyed that one. Brain of Morbius? <sighs> I don't know. I liked that one. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was great. I mean, compared to the, compared to the season before this one, there that one had four great episodes and one good one. This one had like two great ones and like two kind of okay ones. You know, I mean, Pyramids of Mars was pretty good. Android Invasion, I like. Brain of Morbius wasn't bad. Seeds of Doom. I love the Seeds. Seeds of, Seeds of Doom. Doom was good. But I so think I, that's my favorite, Tom Baker. So there's three good ones there and one mediocre. Still not as good as a first season, but not that bad. And that one is what I was thinking of. Because, yeah, in that one, he's like... Oh, and by the way, if we forgot to mention, Tom Baker, introdu- they introduced a scarf. <laughs> that people might not be aware of that. To this but... day, when people go to Dr. Oh, it's a good scarf, right? It's like, oh. <laughs> But, yes, that was the Doctor with the Seeds scarf. of Doom, he does it the thing too where he's like talking to the guy and then he's like going behind his desk and talking to him from there and the guy's just like I'm clearly an important man in charge what are you doing and he just like but he does it just to throw people off yeah. but, but I, I love that one they go back to Antarctica yeah and uh, here we come with season 14 <sighs> Sarah Jane leaves mm-hmm. replaced with Lala Ward Mary Louise. Tam. Replaced with Mary Tam. No, Louise Jameson. Leela Ooh, comes in. Ooh, are you sure? Because I thought that this is... He goes back to Gallifrey. Oh, for, no, for something different. Yes. Yeah, and then he uh, that's right, picks because her up they and have, he's yeah. a, he, is, he is companionless for an episode. Yeah, um, you, it starts off with Mask of... I can't even pronounce it. Mandraga. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember that episode. I, I They're in Italy. I know that. Another historical. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, which the English are so fond of. Then the Hand of Fear. Where Sarah leaves. Yeah. No. She, was it the Hand of Fear? Yeah. Yeah, he drops her off, then goes to Gallifrey. For oh, Deadly Assassin? Man. Right. Hand of Fear, uh, I mean, seriously, it was a, it was a zombie hand. I mean, not mm-hmm. kidding. It, it really was. Then the Deadly Assassin, where the president of the High Council is assassinated, and they believe the doctor did it. Uh, Which, yes, was one of the few companion, completely companionless episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Because um, you can get Leela till the next one. In the Face of Evil, which mm-hmm. was a good episode. Because there's two tribes at war, and we find out that the Doctor was there before, and they believe mm-hmm. he was their god. So that's actually a good episode. Face of Evil they was good. They started out like a research crew. They were, they were modern they, research people. Yeah, but they and then reg- they but broke they regressed, off Well, they regressed over the years. Mm-hmm. Because the knowledge got lost. So it was a pretty neat, pretty neat thing. That was a pretty good episode, but I mean, the first three of that season. <laughs> uh, Robots of Death. That one's not half bad. That one kind of reminds me of 2001 Space Odyssey with the the computer killing them off. Yeah, Faces of Evil. Uh, that was a good episode. I, I enjoyed that one. Mm. 
Robots of Death, not not half bad. Not great. Talons of Wang <laughs> Horribly racist, but... Oh, incredibly racist, but you've got to remember the time it takes place in. And you got the little weird pig slave guy running around killing people. It, it's yeah, it's that's quite true. bizarre. It, it is, and it, the whole episode does not make a lot of sense. But it's just not a great episode. It's just not good. Well, it's... It's, it's totally interesting. It tries, to, it tries really hard, and it just doesn't pull it off. For me, the most memorable thing is the weird little... The credits? Pig guy running around. Like, really? This is... This is what we're... Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, this might be the weakest Tom Baker episode, to be honest. Probably one of the weakest seasons for Tom Baker. Just not a lot of good. I mean, watch... Go ahead and watch maybe Deadly Assassin, yeah, that Face one. of Evil, like and Robots Deadly of Death. Assassin. I mean, those might be about it. Robots of Death even isn't great. I mean, it's just okay. I mean, Talons of Wang Chang is, is kind of mesmerizing because it's just, you're like, where is this going? And, and how said, incredibly me, racist like, can we get? <laughs> for me also, it's how is there this weird pig, tiny little pig man running around, which is... And rats. There's there's the the giant rats that get. It, it's like they threw in the most bizarre. Were they things. rodents of unusual size? They were. Wasn't they like kill people. Prince, Princess Bride, right? Yes, I Princess Bride might have stolen them from <laughs> Doctor Who because <laughs> might have been the same prop. Although it's so obvious, which is what makes it kind of amusing that they're just normal sized rats and they. Yeah. Set them up to look huge. Season 15 began in 1977. Horror Fing Rock. Good episode. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Isn't there a... Uh, Rutan. A Rutan in it, right? That's a good episode. Leela's good in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's really good in that. Actually, it, it, Leela was played by um, Louise Jameson. Louise Jameson did a good job playing her, so... Mm-hmm. I believe this is the season that starts... Is it? No. This isn't the season that starts Kia time. No. It's the next one. Okay. Horror Fing Rock, pretty good. Invisible Enemy... Eh, I don't remember it. Some They're of the... on a space, day, a space shuttle. There's like some virus. Oh, wait, no. I do remember it. It is a good episode. <laughs> they get infected with an intelligent virus that's rewriting them. And it wants to take... It ends up being the work of another bad guy. It's where canine comes from. The mm. scientist in, in it is who created canine. People think the doctor built canine. That's not true. It was He inherited them from the scientist that dies. But this virus is killing them off and rewriting their DNA or something. And he's fighting himself in his own body. Remember him and Leela miniaturized? <laughs> and I, 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 I wonder if that... Yeah, that some was, of the later Tom Baker ones, I, I get a little fuzzy on some of the... Which one was which? It was it was fun. I wouldn't say it was a great. It, w- it wasn't great, but Canine and Leela kicked some ass. <laughs> I will say that. I think Leela always kicked some ass. Yeah, and somehow managed to not flash anybody because <laughs> she was barely wearing clothes. Well, I said I. She I was, told you when, uh, when I heard uh, June Hudson, the costume designer at Gallifrey, she was talking about like. That that she was very concerned with like the angle at which they would shoot her and. All yeah. that because she didn't want them getting her bent down and looking down her shirt or yeah. 
And I was like, I could see that with that costume. I mean, you'd Lu- have a couple angles that you'd be going, please don't film from this angle. I mean, up until then, Louise Jameson was probably the... I don't want to say hottest Doctor Who assistant because I feel like a teenage boy. <laughs> but, I mean, she was pretty, you know... She was definitely the most scantily clad. Up till then. But, I mean, even... I mean, she looked good. I mean, she was very, she was very pretty and she had the body to... I mean, mm-hmm. Sarah Jane was the girl next door. Leela was definitely not. <laughs> In fact, isn't Leela from Futurama named after her? I almost, I almost think it. I almost think so. She is. Uh, so that that episode wasn't too bad. I wouldn't say it was really great, but it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Image of the Fendel. Ooh, I don't remember that one. The Sunmakers. I know I don't remember. Where Pluto is a habitable planet. But only the ruling class get the sun. I don't. I don't remember that one. Underworld. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. That is just not. Someone with the Miner- the the Min- Dominions, Min- Minervan, something like that. Hmm. I I I vaguely yeah. I told there, you it the, was a very memor- are... it was a very memorable season if you can tell because we've seen most of these and we're like I don't remember. Yeah, uh, we're and- both like oh uh, yeah the, that one existed. <laughs> Oh, uh, Invasion of Time. The Doctor becomes president of Gallifrey. Banishes Leela, and they fight off Suntarans, who are trying to take over Gallifrey. And that's when you see the inside of the TARDIS. I think I think that was Invasion of Time. What do you mean the inside of the TARDIS? I think that's... They show a little bit of the inside of the TARDIS, like when... Like the, the swimming pool, maybe? Oh, you mean like other than the control room? Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't remember. I... I which is the one... When do they get the secondary control room with the wood paneling? Do remember the original one gets blown up or something? Yeah, I, I remember that, but... I don't remember what episode. Is it? Is it this? No, I don't think it's this one. It might be. Is it? I don't know. So For season, some reason, so, I just so remember 15, that you saw the rest of the inside of the... Like, you saw more of the TARDIS yeah. than you did before yeah. in the Invasion of Time. Yeah. And that is what sticks out in my mind. So, yeah, season 15, not great. Horror Thing Rock would be recommended, and Invisible Enemy, and yeah, what the hell, Invasion of Time. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Throw that in there, too. What the hell? You can see it has our hearty endorsement. Yes. Yeah, we, we vaguely remember that one. Watch it. Now comes... Now, season 16, though, was pretty good. Yeah. Season 16 brought us the Key of Time series. Not all of those episodes were great, but let's see. You lost Leela. She stayed mm-hmm. on Gallifrey with uh, a Gallifreyan. Yeah. Which just three years earlier, Gallifrey wouldn't allow Sarah Jane. But hey, whatever. Uh, he is brought off course by the White Guardian. Yeah. Who informs him that he has to find this key of time, and he is given uh, Romana, mm-hmm. Mary Tam, to assist in his search. And yep. I believe it spans the whole season. Yeah. Uh, this is when Douglas Adam takes over for script editor. Well, it, no, well, it's in this season, but it's, I think, the last episode. Uh, first episode, The Ribos Operation, pretty good. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I like that one. He, uh, it's a medieval planet, and there's somebody trying to sell fake ore or fake valuables, and they get tied up in it, and... Mm-hmm. Basically, he's got this magic wand that tells if it's the key, part of a key, part of the key of time. 
but Rivals like a Operation heist story in yeah, Doctor Who. It is. It was, and it was pretty. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pirate Planet wasn't bad. You find out that the planet had been hollowed out and turned into a spaceship, so that was something kind of. That's what the Daleks wanted to do to Earth. Yeah, back these, in the well, these people did Dalek it. Dalek invasion of Earth. Yeah. So the the isn't there like a parrot on the captain's shoulder in this or something too? But it was all right. Uh, Stones of Blood. They uh, the, they go to Earth in the seventies. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing uh, the way they they would just sometimes get drawn into certain eras: the sixties and the seventies, yeah, then the eighties. I honestly, you know, I don't remember much about that episode. You know, it's funny because I, I I vaguely remember some druid ritual rituals, <laughs> some stone circles kind of thing. I, I don't remember much. <laughs> then we go to Androids Atara. Which is a, um, they're on the planet Tara, and it's another planet that's medieval styled, and there's a prince that had been kidnapped, and there was an android version of him that they were using <laughs> as to make it seem like he was still around, and there's some good trickery, and there's some good storyline, and there's some good twists and turns in that episode. Mm-hmm. That one was that one was good. Uh, the, yeah. Throughout all these, you also see Romana grow as a character because she's very intelligent she i think she even mentioned she beat the doctor's scores yeah. at university but she has no She's experience in the field she thinks it's all about intelligence and, and he's teaching he, he teaches her that no you need to understand that y- you could be the smartest person in the world but common sense plays a factor you need to you know see things better and he really he was a huge change in her from the beginning of this to the end of it too mm-hmm. uh power crawl is a horrible hideous episode <laughs> just horrible I, I'm not kidding, people. It's bad. Uh, it, it, it it's one of the worst episodes of Doctor Who I think ever made. I really do not enjoy. It's so ridiculous. It's so See, badly. I, I I might give that title to Monster of Peladon. I, I didn't say. Well, I didn't say. I didn't say it was the worst. I said it's one of the worst. Monster of Peladon was worse than that. Yes, but it's just so. Monster of Peladon is full of those bizarre little like. Yeah. I, I, labor strike speeches and women's rights speeches and it's like I'm what ar- about a oh, I'm not story arguing, i'm not arguing that it sucked i'm just no. saying that this was pretty bad too just when you said that i thought i think i might give that crown to as much yeah. as i love pertwee i might give the crown to yeah no, him th- no for it, that. that that one was worse than this but this is pretty bad i mean the monster and it's horrible looking it's another natives verse the scientific like the advanced people it's, it's just not good uh, and then the final episode is the Armageddon Factor. Was that the final one of the key time? I, I believe so, right? It was the, so. that whole series. Yeah. Uh, good episode. Great episode. And, uh, not great, but good episode. They uh, go to the planet Atrios, which has been fighting a unwinnable war against their neighboring planet for, like, millennia or something. Some huge amount of time. <laughs> and... Uh, the Black Guardian, I believe, is closing in on them. Because Black Guardian's been chasing, trying to get the key time himself. Yes. For some odd reason that's unexplained, Mary Tam decides I'm not going to be the Romana. Romana decides she's just going to... Time for a change. Time for a change. Yeah. And well, you know, women. now the last episode, Armageddon Factor, starred Lala Ward, who played Princess Astra. Yep. And when Romana decides to change, she becomes Lala Ward. And the doctor even says, you can't take that form. That's somebody else. And she's like, well, she's dead now. I think she was dead. I think she dies. 
maybe. Or she just wanted they, to be, or she yeah, just liked she, how she, she looked really or something. Wanted to, she really wanted to... But, well, oh, that reminds me, getting back to the news part, did you hear Stephen Moffat supposedly said that they're they're going to address Peter Capaldi's other appearances in the Hooniverse? Why? They never, they never addressed why Colin Baker was no. a security guard and then... No, but they're gonna. He, supposedly, he said they're they're gonna address. Is this gonna that. be timey wimey, and he makes us all go through and, and and they're so they're gonna explain why he was like in Torchwood and at Pompeii, I guess. And, and they kind of cited like Romana deciding to take on the appearance of. So I I don't know if they're gonna go back to the thing that they haven't shown since Troughton, where he chose how he wanted to look. I guess it could. So, and he's going to choose to look like John Frobisher, who from Torchwood was not well particularly no, what, a heroic character. Well, in that. what about I, the guy from Ro- from? It's all going to be so. I don't know why the two. Are I think they're the no. Same you know what they're going to do is they're going to say that he's the doctor, and that somehow that doctor has been guiding the other doctors through to this point in time to do something. That's what's going to happen. Except Torchwood, and then I'm go- and then and then well, but he was there. He kills for, himself while, and his family. I don't know because if they do something ridiculous like what I just said, I'm gonna fly to England and I'm gonna hit Stephen Moffat and nuts with a tack hammer. And I know I just took us off our focus on no, Tom but, Baker, but, but that reminded me of the like, what I'd read. I, I don't think it needs to be addressed. No, it really doesn't. Just leave it alone. It doesn't bother me. Um, but anyway, so Lala Ward takes over as um, we're, we're as Romana. We're not quite there, but when we get to Peter Davison, we'll be able to talk about Colin Baker's appearance. Yes, two years, a year <laughs> and, and how, a, a half a year, a year before he becomes a doctor. And how nobody seemed to care. It was okay. Yeah. So he looked like this, the security, security o- the head guy, security uh, yeah, officer, Gal- Gallifrey. Yeah, no. We just don't talk about that. I'm willing to accept that they just happen to look like that and move on, but... Yeah, so season seventeen, Lala Ward takes over. I, I honestly like Lala Ward as as Romana better. I there was a lot of sexual tension between the two. This was the first time in Doctor Who that you would think you, you could look at it and go, there was something going on between them. I think you could sometimes look at Pertwee and Joe. He should have been too much like a like a kid though, in a lot, <laughs> which would just be creepy. But by the end, I, I think there's a Maybe. little. I I don't maybe I don't personally go there, but I could see. Well, you know what? If you if you really want to get into it, I'm sure there's some alt fan fiction out there, or alt slash whatever, where it's you know Jamie and Troughton. So (laughs) I don't I don't need that because we probably have people want to. I don't care. I I just I don't need the image in my head. Yeah, well, think about it. I'm happy without it. He always was wearing a kilt. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Anyways, I I thought that award was pretty good. Uh, You did definitely see to me. What um seemed like a relationship between the two. Destiny, the Daleks. Davros comes back. Uh, I believe they're in a bunker in, on Scarrow. It's a good episode. Terry Nation wrote it again. Terry Nation wrote most of the early Dalek episodes, but Destiny was pretty good. Uh, then we come up to mm. City of Death. I love this that one. This is a great episode. Yeah. This is one where you see that, that between them. They're like, they go to Paris for yeah. no reason, and they're just hanging out. Well, no, there's time distro- distortions or something. No. But they, they didn't know that at the time. No, they were just, they just, just there on vacation. Yeah. They were there on vacation. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, she, um, yeah, you know, Romana and the doctor find out that uh, there's multiple Mona. There's a rich guy that turns out he's fall. He's, he's an faking, alien. He's an alien, but he's part of an alien, and he's faking Mona Lisa's to get money. He's not faking but, them. Well, oh, that's true. He They're had not Leonardo fake. da Vinci Leonardo... paint multiple Mona Lisa. He had him locked up in the past with another one of him. Basically, this alien, he gets blown up, and parts of him get scattered throughout time on Earth. So there's multiple hymns, and they and all can communicate. And he wants to go back yeah, in we... time to stop that so he can save his whole race because of right. his mistake. Yeah. But yeah, he has Leonardo da Vinci painting multiple Mona Lisa's yep. Yep. so that he can steal the real Mona Lisa in the present and then sell these as the original Mona Lisa to like other collectors. It's a very It's a very good episode and it's very complicated clever. plot. It's complicated because no one will check because they can't authenticate a stolen painting, so they're gonna just go uh, uh, it's real. It's it's very complicated. It's very well done. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of action in it. There's there's physicality in it. Um and you know one of my favorite parts is at one point, to ruin this guy's chances, the doctor goes back to Da Vinci mm-hmm. and convinces them to paint. It's a fake or something. No, he puts it on there. The doctor takes oh, the doctor every takes canvas, all the canvases and, and paints. Puts, this yeah. is a fake, and then he leaves a note like, yep. "Hey, Leonardo, just paint over this." Yeah, because he knows Leonardo. Because mm-hmm. he goes back in time to say, "Hey, how's this happening?" And Da Vinci's, you know, and he runs. He runs into the alien man there. Yeah, I love, yeah, he just paint. He's like, yeah. "Hey, Leo, just paint over him." Yep. Yep. So that that was that was one of my favorite episodes. You know, you notice though that all these seasons, other than the Key of Time, the last three seasons or so, other than that one, have not been as good as the first two or three. You know, mm-hmm. but this one had some high moments. Destiny and City of Death were great. Um, Creature from the Pit, Penis Monster. Oh, that's right. That's all you need to know. <laughs> the doctor. And, 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 and welcome is... to the only Doctor Who podcast that ever uses the word penis. Oh, come on. <laughs> Any podcast that talks about the creature from the pit has to say that. You can't not. Come on, that's say, what it looks come like. Come on, say it again for me. Penis monster. <laughs> uh. he, no, there is a point. And you cannot tell me that Tom Baker. No, no, you're exactly right. Because the, the monster changes completely. Yes, because after yeah. The, yeah. But there, that first episode where you see, I think it might be the second episode of the story where they meet the monster. Mm-hmm. It's not the first one, but whatever the first episode is where you see the monster, you cannot tell me that Tom Baker did not know that that looked like oh, a I'm penis. Oh, I'm sure he did. And he enjoyed every second of it because he is like. <laughs> blowing into this appendage. He's like got his mouth on it, speaking into it. I'm like, he knew what that looked like, and he knew what that looked uh, like he was doing. Yeah. He and did. he was having fun with that. He was. Because was. he takes every opportunity to like speak <laughs> into the appendage coming out of the creature. And I'm like, how did nobody notice? Until the next episode. Are, are you? Maybe you're just more of a perv than you think. He knew. <laughs> he keeps doing it. He like takes every opportunity. I, I, I wish you guys could see the look on her face as she's saying this. It's so hilarious. He he. But it, but other and than that the is penis, what makes it other funny. Other than the penis monster, was the epi- Did you think the episode was any good? I didn't think it was the greatest episode. No. It it's. It's definitely the middle of the season episode. <laughs> it, it's it's all kind of. 
you got the evil... I mean, you, you could have maybe had more of a story, but then you've got a creature that's a blob, so With a penis. Except not after episode one. Well, he wasn't excited. Then they gave it some more <laughs> appendages, like, oh, no, look, we aren't just... St-. But there's no way they didn't know what that looked like before. Maybe, but, uh, they, maybe they just weren't expecting Tom Baker to... Molesteth. Um... The, uh, one thing I will say about Tom Baker, though, the the season, the, his stories, a lot of them had more scientific theory in them. You know, there was more science. It wasn't just uh, reverse the polarity and neutron mm-hmm. flow. But I swear to God, I want Peter Capaldi to say it one time mm-hmm. in the first episode, just once. Or is it? Isn't it what? Um, it's basically what Matt Smith said, right? In uh, the Power of Three. There, there is he one he re- where he, he released kinda... a, he released a polar- he reversed the polarity. I think that's exactly what he... I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but I remember him... Relo- when everyone had the heart attacks and he wanted to bring them back, yeah, he, he reversed the polarity. That, I remember that, yeah. but I don't know of what. And I think that was a throwback to, mm-hmm. to Pertwee. Yeah, he... But, but yeah, that... No, Creature from the Pit, they, they, that's got the... They want to... Metal is so precious, so then they want K9 because they're going to use him for... Because he's mm-hmm. metal and... Ooh, the, the only was... the only season that John Leeson didn't voice K nine, yeah. Oddly enough, and I didn't. Yeah, I guess you can kind of tell. I mean, but uh, he was replaced by David Brierly. Well, when they use that, the, the way they do the voice, I mean, at Chicago Tardis was that last year? There was a guy that had the K nine. Sounded just like him. Yeah, I was like, I could have. I thought sworn... it was. I thought it was John Leeson. I really did. He he sounded just like him when he'd go around and. Then we get to Nightmare of Eden, which actually was not a bad episode. I, I, two spaceships, I believe, collide, but there's some spatial thing where they're kind of collided, but not really. And the Doctor mm. has to try to sort that mess out. Neither uh, ship is dimensionally stable. Like I said, they start get, getting more into like science again, you know. And I, I wonder how much of that was Douglas Adams' influence. Although the probability drive is not really based in science, <laughs> uh, it wasn't bad. It was it was all right. I Even though there it. were no penis monsters in that one, you still liked it. That just I can't help. Anytime I hear the creature she's, from the pit, you know what? You know what's great is she's going to drive home tonight being like penis, penis monster, penis monster, penis monster. <laughs> oh that is God. what it is. And I, anytime I hear creature from the pit, that is the first thing that comes. Into I hate my to head. say it, I might have to title the podca- podcast "Penis Monster." <laughs> I old might school be able part, to work old, it in old a school few part more. two, penis monster. <laughs> might be able to work work it in a few more times. I'll. I'll... But <laughs> Nightmare of Eden wasn't too bad. Uh, mm. I wouldn't say it was one of my favorites, but it was all right. Uh, Horns of Nimon. Uh, I don't even know. I can honestly say I do not remember what happens in that at all. There's another. They collide with a spaceship this time, and. Uh, they end up on a planet, I believe, called Anith, and they are with a group of young natives that are being transported into a great, like, a big maze called the Power Complex. Hmm. I vaguely remember it. I remember the maze. I remember the planet. I, I remember them colliding with a ship. I don't remember what the overall plot was. <laughs> I didn't think it was great. And then Shadow was supposed to be the last one, but there were some issues with, uh, oh, there were some issues with, um, 
what was the production teams and the BBC didn't want to affect the Christmas filming of <laughs> other shows and and they eventually shelved it and it's well, actually really, not a bad episode. They if you knew watch they it. needed a little extra footage for the five doctors, so yeah, they, so they shelved just filmed it. it. Yeah, and then they, I mean, they based all the, to be honest, they filmed I think the whole thing. They just didn't have the special effects and stuff added. I mean, they filmed the majority of that episode. So it, 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 if you get a copy of either the one I saw, which is about 10 years, 15 years old, but there's a new one where I think they mm-hmm. CGI'd the effects in. And if you get a copy of it, it's really not a bad episode. I mean, it, come on, it, it's Douglas Adams. I mean, because there's one, I, that episode actually has a, a Time Lord that retires to Earth to live. I remember that. <laughs> actually, I remember that. Um, I don't remember the bad guy's name or not like that. Yeah, but it, Douglas Adams, come on. So that was never aired, unfortunately. Again, not another, not a great season. It started off strong; mm-hmm. it really did, and then just uh, they got they got rid of the diamond logo. This is when they went to the newer one that you saw mm-hmm. with Peter Davison, Colin Baker, yeah. uh, which I kind of like. Mm-hmm. I, I like the sci-fi, you know, and Tom Baker's face is on there, and they do it now again, you know. So. Mm-hmm. I believe it was it was nineteen seventy oh nineteen eighty, wow. Oh, let's see. John Nathan Turner replaced Graham Williams and began the tumor- the tumultuous yeah. <laughs> most tumultuous 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 years in Doctor Who history, because there was a book that came out recently talking yep. about him having sex with underage boys and, but then again, it, for some reason in England. If you were gay, you had to have t- you, had to, you had to be twenty one to be age of consent, not eighteen. So these boys were like twenty. Mm-hmm. Still, I mean, there was all kinds of shit going on in the behind the scenes. Uh, there were some good episodes. There's a lot of scantily clad men in the yeah, JNT yeah, era. And, and an amazing amount, and you know, shirtless men. And to be fair, there's also Perry in a bikini, a bikini yeah. top at least. Oh wait, no, full bikini, I think. Uh, let's see, companions for this season. Let's see. Tom Baker, obviously still there. <laughs> well, Romana, the Romana departs from trilogy, the series right? in so he, Warrior's Gate, yeah, along with so John she, and John Leeson. And they pick up Adric, right, from Space. Yeah, I mean, it started, it started beginning. Leisure Hive, they're on, they're, uh, they go to Brighton Beach for vacation. It's yeah. out of season. They go to a planet where it's supposed to be all leisurely, and they find out people are trying to kill people, and there's yeah. lasers involved and stuff. And... Um, uh, oh, this is, I believe, the first e- this episode where they removed the randomizer from the TARDIS. That's something I forgot to mention. In the in the Key of Time series, to prevent the dark, the Black Guardian... Oh, afterwards, when he finds the Key of Time, to prevent the Black Guardian from finding him, he puts a randomizer on the TARDIS so he never knows where he's going. <laughs> it always... Which is funny, because even after that, it didn't really go where he wanted so, you suggesting the doctor did not have complete control. I am not suggesting it. I'm outright saying it. <laughs> so that, that episode, it, it was, that's, a good, that's a good episode. That's an interesting one. Then we have Megalos. There's a few losses or, or episodes that sound like that because the last episode is Legopolis, which is mm-hmm. Tom Baker's last episode, uh, which will bring this journey to an end. <laughs> uh, at the end of Megalos, Romana leaves. Uh, depending mm. what lore you want to follow and what you believe is canon, she becomes president nah. of Gallifrey. But she leaves to go to Gallifrey. They fu- they summon summon her. She doesn't want to go either. Sadly, 
Let's mm-hmm. see. There's I don't remember what the rest of the episode was. Something to do with the planet's energy. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, full circle in route to Gallifrey to return Romana. Actually, Romana doesn't leave. She gets summoned to Gallifrey. Then they go to East Base because mm-hmm. he um, he passes through a strange phenomenon that we eventually become we eventually become aware is called a CVE, a charged vacuum embodiment, and they end up in East Base. And this is the episode where you find. Wait, is this where we get Patrick? I. Yes. Right. Has a... Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Hang on a second. Let me I'm look. sure Let that's me a fair trade, up. Romana for Adric. Oh yeah, no, yeah, we pick up Adric in this one. Uh, Adric is um, he's picked up in the beginning. He leaves his planet. He's on the run from something, but you have to be inside at a certain time, or they'll, they'll come after you. And he mm-hmm. ends up on the TARDIS. He stows away. So they, we pick up Adric in full circle. It's his little math badge. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gold star. Not a great episode. I mean, Megalos wasn't great because I don't remember much of it. Leisure hype was good. And then we come up on State of Decay. They're still in E-Space. They, State of Decay is, I believe, where they pick up Nyssa. I want to say yes. But they don't pick up Nyssa right away. I think they no. get, she's with them in the episode, and then she, oh, my bad. She's not in this. State of Decay. But um, I know that they all, I know that the villagers all live under, like, it's it's almost a medieval kind of thing. They live under, like, three feudal lords kind of thing. Notice how many times you've said in the last... Medieval? Like, two, three seasons of Tom Baker. It's it's kind of medieval. Well, they are. It's like, it's because the BBC makes tons of medieval and Victorian yeah. shit, and they got the costumes laying all over the place. Mm-hmm. Warrior's Gate, another episode that was kind of uh, forgettable, to be honest with you. Uh, the TARDIS ends up in a pure white void. <laughs> Keeper, oh, good. it's a pure white oh, void. Oh, here's where we meet Nissa. Keeper of Traken. Uh, the Master oh. returns. Master becomes the Master kills her father and takes his form, yeah. which starts what you s- see in the movie. That's the first time he's done that. Um, they're in end space, and basically they're trying to solve. There's some mist that's, like, killing people off, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. It, it, the Master's tied in with it. Yeah. Which then feeds into Legopolis. Yeah, he's got the next, what is it, three all involved the Master? Yeah. Legopolis. Yeah, it's Keeper of Track and Legopolis, and then um, Castro Valvo. I, I hate saying it. This, this season was not good. It was very dark. It was very convoluted. I didn't think the writing was that good. I mean, mm-hmm. this very well. I mean, Terrence Dix wrote a lot of, a lot of ones I liked. The, his and this one I didn't like. Mm-hmm. This was kind of the beginning of the, the the ratings going down on Doctor Who, and then the BBC was trying to kill a program throughout the eighties anyway. I think at this point they were already trying to kill it. Well, by the end, you kind of feel like Tom Baker is just kind of phoning, phoning it, it in. in. He anyway, just doesn't yeah, care. He's just like, you're watching yeah. Tom Baker, and you're like, "Where's the spark?" Where? And the whole thing's about entropy and decay and aging, yeah. and it's just it just wears you down. It's just. Eh. I mean, they were going. They were going with that because they, I mean, it, it was his final season, you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, you know, Legopolis comes up, and um, the TARDIS is parked on the side of a highway, and Tegan's car breaks down that she's driving, and it's her aunt's car. She finds out the master killed her aunt at some point, and uh, she wanders into the TARDIS thinking it's an actual police call box, mm-hmm. and she's going to call for help. And she gets lost, and you see her later on in the episode again, I think. 
he's going to look. He goes to Earth, but he, the original idea to go to Logopolis was to, to fix the chameleon circuit. He mm-hmm. goes to Earth to get the proper measurements. I want to say for a police box, and while he's there, I think in the past couple episodes there was that figure in white, the Observer, watching him. Right, the Watcher yeah. or the Observer or something like that, who's kind of tailing him around. They end up going to the planet. They go. They go to Logopolis. And they find out that the technicians on Legopolis made the CVEs because if the universe gets too hot, it needs to vent the heat to somewhere. Otherwise, it's catastrophic for the universe. Something bizarre like that. Mm-hmm. And the master does something to seal them off, thus causing the, the universe to be almost be destroyed. The master and the doctor work together to fix it using a satellite around Earth. The, the master pushes them off. The doctor dies, regenerates into Peter mm-hmm. Davison. You find out the observer is actually the doctor or Peter Davison's doctor, who walks over and merges with him, and then Peter Davison is found, and we lead into Castrovalva. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, there was a lot of good, like I said, in, in Tom Baker, the yeah. Tom Baker years, but near, the second half of it just didn't seem to have as much. You know, I mean, there were some great ones with Doug, that when Douglas Adams took over. Mm-hmm. Every Every season had one or two really good ones, and... But the, the the best seasons were like the first three, and then it yeah. just kind of to me declined. But he he brought a different he brought a different approach to it, and he he was the only doctor you really see change because he was there so long. Mm-hmm. You know, he grew as a doc as a doctor, where usually you see the companions grow. Well, Hartnell grew. Uh yeah, yeah. Hartnell was there long enough to grow because he started out completely self centered, and then eventually. Through yeah, his companions, yeah. learned to care about other people. But it just there were a lot of stories that were. I'd say about half of them were good, half of them weren't. I mean, they're all watchable to some extent. You know, and, and, and any who's better than know who. <laughs> I mean, if I had a choice, that our motto. It, yeah, it is. Any who's better than know who. That's how we do it. Well, I, I mean, if I had a choice between watching, you know, something I hate, or if, <laughs> if I had a choice of watching, I don't know, Big Brother. Or, I, I or, would rather or watch Talons of Wang Chiang. I'd watch Talons of Wang Chiang. <laughs> I was going to say I'd rather watch the Monster of Peladon again than sit through some reality exactly. show or exactly. Yes, even even episodes that I would say were not good, I would still probably watch them again. Mm-hmm. I agree because <laughs> I I'd, wouldn't I'd wa- go. There's an episode I will not sit through that again. I I would watch it again. Damn you! Oh. So. That's been episode 20. <laughs> a lot longer than normal. Thanks for sticking with us. Hope you <laughs> hope you check out some of the episodes we talked about. I mean, there were some that we really enjoyed. and we think, There you were know, some we heartily endorsed and some we went, yeah, yeah I remember yeah, yeah, that one. But, yeah, watch it. Uh, and then there were the, the ones that we said <laughs> stay away from. I mean, go ahead and watch them anyway. I mean, see what you think. You know, everyone has their own tastes and opinions. But, uh, I'm sure there's someone <clears throat> out there but, that but would minor... say I am the biggest fan of the monster of Peladon. That... And that person would be wrong. But anyways, <laughs> if you're that person, send us send us an uh, email. Or leave a message on the on the website. Or Tell on our us Facebook why page. you like Monster why... of Peladon. Yeah, you know what? When, when you guys watch some of these and let us know if you liked them or not. But anyways, that's it. And we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us.